This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen and Yashines. The three of us are back together again. It's been a long time. This should be an interesting show. Unfortunately, it's for some not-so-great reasons, uh, this type of show. We are going to be talking about relegation. It's great to be back together, but we're going to be talking about some very interesting topics. And, and again, this is going to center around three polls that I've done on the Cottage Talk uh, Twitter page. And the three polls involve Tony Khan, Scott Parker, and Shad Khan. And we'll go through the results of them, and we're going to talk about them. And uh, this should be very interesting because I think that we're going to have some different views on different parts of foam. And this could be a long show because we have a lot to cover in this. We're not really going to talk about the match because really right now it's two days later. We're going to talk about big picture stuff with foam and long-term future of foam. That's what we're really going to focus on. Before I do anything else, I got to go right to my co-host, Mr. Cohen. It's been a while. How are you doing? I've been better, Ross. Uh, but I think what's important is, you know, we're all here. We're healthy. Ross, you've, you've recovered from your COVID, which is, I think, the most important thing right now is I was worried about you and your family, but Thank glad you. to be back on the show. You know, foam's a mess. Uh, we've been a mess for a number of seasons now. Yep. It, goes, it goes to the very top of the club. That's right. And it goes to the players, the manager, you know, I don't think anyone can escape blame for this season. Nope. I would like to center on the game just for a quick second to say sure, go that. Ahead. Go ahead. I was I was disgusted by the first half display against Burnley. And I think Parker deserves a lot of blame for that. The way they set out, it doesn't look like they got a team talk that it was a must-win match. It was lackadaisical. It was poor. And the players, the players have let down, let us down the, the entire season. Yep. A lot of the players are not nearly good enough. 
okay. a lot of the players have played well beneath their capability. And we know we've not been set up for success. So I was really angry at that first half. And then we play well second half, and it's thinking, you know, why? Why couldn't we start the match like that? But also, I think it was a fitting way to go down because, you know, we were essentially camped outside the Burnley box for 45 minutes. But I never once, never once thought we were going to score a goal. And that just sums up the season. So I can't wait to talk about, you know, Fulham when we go from here. It's going to be very therapeutic, as I always say. I think it will be. Um, Because the the fans deserve a lot better. Um, And we're we're not being treated, I think, like a Premier League club right now. We're we're a yo-yo club, as Tony Khan has, you know, proudly stated. And it's simply not good enough. But we're going to talk about a lot of people who deserve to blame. Um, but I don't think anyone escapes blame for this season. Not not a single person. Absolutely not, Max. Everyone has a little piece of the blame pie, as I like to say. And uh, we're going to go through it. But, you know, listen, I'm glad that you – I let you um, share your thoughts on the match. You know, it's funny because um, I think Scott Parker even said that the match basically, I'm paraphrasing, epitomized the season. And I would agree with him on that. But, uh, you know, and, and again, we'll talk about Scott. We'll talk about a lot of – different people you know like you said a lot of people are part of the uh, blame for the season but before we do that mr janaeus would you like to share your thoughts a little bit on the match and then we'll get into the larger discussion about what went wrong and what we're what we need to do moving forward because we're going to talk about some very interesting people during this show and there are going to be some other names that again as i said off air that don't get talked about a lot that are also part of the problem and that we should be talking about. But first to you, Giannis. Uh, I thought uh, first 15 were okay. Uh, and then Burnley really grew into the game and, and um, both goals were were very frustrating. Um, I know Dick, Bobby Dekadovery got a lot of stick for the first goal. He's going at three defenders, but how the how he loses the ball, but how the ball goes from the edge of the box to all of a sudden a 60, 70 yard pass where we still don't look like we're in much danger and Vidra making Anderson look really stupid and then the knock back. It was a goal really out of nothing. And at that point I thought, oh Lordy, we're in trouble. And then the second goal, you know, Chris, Chris Wood's a, a super striker and, you know, I, no complaints going in 2 nothing down in the half because... Deitch and, and the club have created a, a very interesting culture there. If you looked at their starting eleven, nine of their players were English. The only two non-English were Vija, the Czech, and of course the Kiwi, uh, Chris Wood. And um, they spent one million pounds this year on a transfer budget. I mean, it, it is it's astonishing, especially where they're on the northwest, west where you got Liverpool and Everton and the United United and City, all the big clubs around them. They're on a shoestring budget, and to do what they do, to stay in that division, it, you know, I don't like the way they play, but you've got to commend them. And really, in the first half, first half, they were much better than us. Second half, we we gave it everything. We huffed and puffed, but as Max said, we weren't going to score, not in Mother Sundays. Hit nope. the crossbar, you know, sort of sums up the season. Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on and ran past 10 blades of grass. That summed up his season. And... Um, it, it just it was. Header goes end, wide a, from Ruben Loftus cheek. Yeah, it was a. In the end, it was a squib, and it was it was an inevitability about yep. this, um, which in a way is a relief. Yes, <laughs> because then the post mortem start, and um, and we get to talk on this show about things we'd like like to get done right. Exactly, exactly. And then we can start the process. I guess you could say of healing. You know, again, just to mm, talk about yes. it, it's a relief to get over this. Like 
Max had said, you know, one good thing about doing these shows is that it really gets it off of our chest and it actually benefits yep. us. And I hope it benefits the fans because we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff because there are some challenges ahead for Fulham Football Club. But before we look ahead to the future, we have to look at what went wrong. And there's a lot that went wrong. So I'm going to start here, guys. Like I mentioned, we're going to focus the show a good amount on these three polls that I did. And I, and I have the results of them. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was going to try to play a song for you guys, but I also worry about copyright. So I didn't play this song. But I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a song by my favorite band, Journey. And this is going to start the show. Should Fulham go their separate ways with some key figures with the club? And we're going to talk about Tony. We're going to talk about Scott Parker. We're also going to talk about Shad Khan. Okay, we're going to talk about all three because they're all involved in the polls. So, but let's start again with the most polarizing figure, and that would be Tony Khan. Let's start with Tony. And I know the fans have some obvious views. And listen, I'm going to start us off, guys. Um, and I said this on the last show with Emilio. Do you want Tony Khan gone? And I want him to be gone from the director of football. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it a little bit. I would like him if he wanted to be involved with Fulham Football Club in some aspects. But the, being the director of football, I think it's time to go. But here's the rub on this. I don't see him going. And I know that there are people out there that said, well, you know, why can't he go? Why, why, can't, he, why can't his father get rid of him? And I'm going to give you the evidence why I feel that he won't be gone. The Jacksonville Jaguars were the worst team, Giannis, in the NFL and Max. Worst team. Did he lose his job? He didn't lose his job. And now they got the number one draft pick, and they're now on the way up. And Tony's still there, and Tony's still doing the three jobs. I don't see him doing the three jobs. I will say this about Tony. You know, again, here in America, in Canada, it's really the GM. That's the job that Tony has. Tony would be fired by now. Tony would be fired by now. Do you know? And again, if it was here, if it was my New England Patriots, my Boston Celtics, he'd be fired by now based on the evidence of the job. He'd be fired. But I think this situation is just a little bit different because of him being the son of the owner. I, I, I think that's a difference here. I don't see it changing, but he would be fired. And like I said, I'm going to go with, with the crowd on this and saying, yes, he deserves to go. I said, if Fulham got relegated, he deserves to go. He does deserve to go. That's my opinion on this. The one thing that I will say, and Giannis, I understand where you're going on your tweet. I will say this. Um, you know, you, you were you tweeted out that, you know, he hasn't tweeted about Fulham since Liverpool. And this is just my opinion, but I think he he finally stopped tweeting because, you know, and again, I have been basically throwing out there that he should stop tweeting about Fulham because, again, just stop it. You know, I, I told him to get rid of his Twitter account. So I cannot now go and say, complain about the fact that he hasn't tweeted. I think that he stopped tweeting because, you know, again, every time he tweeted, Giannis, he put his foot in the mouth. And I think for him, he actually stopping tweeting was probably a good thing. But it does, it's a bad look, I understand. But I think it was the right thing because I've been calling him for him to do it. That's my only thing I will say on him. I think him not tweeting is a good thing in a way, but I understand the criticism of it. So anyways, that those are my thoughts on Tony. And again, I will say right now, I think Tony should step down. I, I, that's just my thoughts. I'll go to you first, Max. Your thoughts on Tony, and then I'll, I'll go to Giannis. He should go. 
he is ridiculously unqualified to be a Premier League director of football. I think it's, again, it's a disgrace to Fulham fans to see on his Twitter page the wrestling stuff day after day. I agree, Russ. I don't think he should be tweeting about Fulham. No. He he clearly has no sense on how to engage with a fan base. Exactly. Every that's single why time he, he tweets, should, that's why I'm glad he ends he up insulting a lifelong fan. Yes. And that's PR 101. Don't insult your own supporters. Exactly. And actually, no, I'm happy that he's not tweeting about Fulham because it will just lead to more vitriol. However, the fact that he's continuing to tweet about his other job, and you see these <laughs> ridiculous pictures of him, Ross and Giannis, but that's wearing why, yep. these, yes. these glasses and these costumes, and you're thinking, this is the man who's entrusted with a football club that we love. It, it's so insulting it's, to every single Fulham supporter. It's like being and, Vince McMahon. But it, it's, yeah, it's even worse than an insult. It's simply bad business. Yep. It's simply detrimental I to understand. the future of this football club. And two relegations from the Premier League under his tenure says it all. It's not working. And as everyone said in the comments and everyone has said in the show, if it was a business, he'd be fired. If it was a American football franchise, he would likely be fired. But the only reason he's there is because Shahid Khan is his father. And, you know, in America, we like to pride ourselves on, oh, we split away from the monarchy. You know, we're we're supposedly a society that's more of a meritocracy than a, you know, there are no uh, dukes or lords, etc. But we've created our own monarchy at Fulham Football Club. And Tony's essentially the Prince of Wales right now, and he is completely yep. untouchable. Just And it's, it's a joke. He shouldn't yep. be at the club. Every single year, we have a rebuild because there's no long-term planning. I was talking to my dad about this the other week, and I was yep. saying, we're in a terrible position because let's say we pull a miracle and go up next season, first time up like we did you know, the other year. We still need a rebuild. We still need to sign yep. essentially five or six players, and it's not sustainable. You look at the team that got promoted in 2017-18. Yep. That was a band of brothers. You'd see pictures of them out in the town, you know. Yep. Fredericks, Target, McDonald, Kearney, Mitro. They were really tight-knit. Yep. There was a spine to that squad. The current Fulham team we're watching is a bunch of low knees and people who just met each other on the first day of training in, in October, September. Sure. You know, there's no identity. There's no one who's been at this club there's for no a long cohesion. time. The people who have been in the club a long time is Tom Kearney, and all he yep. does is sit in the treatment table. Alexander Mitrovic, he sits on the bench and when he gets on the pitch, he doesn't look interested. There's no player who I think loves Fulham and has that identity to him in this team. And I think that's really why we're struggling. The players don't know each other. There's yep. constantly rebuilding. And apart from the personal animosity, which many fans have towards Tony, he's just not doing a good job in building a team that's going to be sustainable. I think the last transfer window was a bit different. He signed Robinson and Tosin yep. and Tete and, and you know, young players for cheap fees for long deals. But he still neglected the attack in a massive way. You look at our attack, right? Yep. It's Mitrovic, it's Decad Overeed, it's Cavalero, um, you know, it's Lookman. Where are the goals? There are no goals. How possibly could we have stayed in the Premier League? I mean, Mitrovic got three goals. Yep. Decad Overeed's been our top scorer with five goals for five months. He hasn't scored a goal in months, as far as I, uh, I can remember. And he's still top scorer. Right. It's just such a dereliction of duty. And you have to think if he wasn't doing the wrestling, if he wasn't doing the American football, if he was actually in London 24-7, would this have happened? Of course not. If he had experience managing a football club, which he doesn't, would this have happened? Of course not. It, it, it's sad to see the club run to the ground like this. Right. And I've never seen the Fulham fan base so united in wanting this man gone. And right. he should realize that. You know, He should realize that. Listen, right. I've given it a go. We've got to the promised land twice when I was director of football, and both times we've right. been relegated. That is a failure. It's a failure. Right. He should leave. Right. Okay. And like you said, I'm there with you. I'm there w- with everyone else. I just want to, before I go to Giannis, share the results of my poll. 326 votes, guys. Do you want Tony Khan 
sacked 84%. That's obviously a huge majority want him sacked. And listen, I certainly understand it. One other thing that I, that I do want to mention, you know, and again, I do think that Tony does care about phone football club. I disagree with that feeling by the fans. And I think that comes from the fact that he hasn't tweeted that they feel that he doesn't care. I think he cares, but this goes back to Max. His thoughts again, listen, he hasn't got it done. He should go, you know, and I'll say it again. He should go. If he wants to have some other role within the club, have someone do the director of football role and also get a, you know, again, cause we're going to talk about that. They're going to have a, a chief uh, chief scout now and, you know, again, a director of scouting and I'm all for that. But again, I think that, you know, he should find some other role within Fulham football club and I'm fine with that, but he should not be the director of football overseeing everything. And getting back to the tweeting, Max, you know, it's funny because yes, he's tweet tweets a lot about wrestling. He also tweets a little bit about the Jaguars, but have some separate Twitter accounts, have a, Twitter account commissioner of AEW called AEW commissioner instead of Tony Khan change it do not tweet about Fulham anymore separate it and then the fans you know again might react differently to your Twitter account because again I don't think he should tweet at all about Fulham I I, I don't but I think he should if he's going to tweet about AEW change your Twitter account just alter it to be about you being the commissioner of AEW or, or you know or you're the director of AEW whatever but just make it separate, you know, if you decide to tweet. I think that he should get rid of his Twitter account. I'm on record as saying that. I still think he should. But if he's going to tweet about AEW, call it something else along with Tony Khan. Tony Khan, call it, like I said, Tony Khan, uh, commissioner of AEW. Just call it something else. And then people will know that you're not going to be tweeting about foam. It's separate. Anyways, Giannis, over to you. I know you have some serious thoughts on this, and uh, I'm going to give you the floor, my friend. Go ahead. Um, t- uh, Tony Khan, off he should piss. Um, I, I, since the Monday game, I've done a lot of thinking, you know, okay. and I've watched Scotty Parker's interview several times, and then I've read the program notes from Shahi Khan for the Burnley game. Yep. And my mind has slightly shifted. Um, firstly, if I was Scotty, I'd walk. I'd walk. Because if you look at two years ago, we had the same issue with low knees and lack of players at the start of the season. Right. And nothing was done about it. We won our playoff series against the Brent Fodder and we had less time. And... He can make these excuses about somebody had cholera, somebody had COVID, somebody had hemorrhoids, somebody's head fell off down the M4, whatever the hell he's going on about, and making excuses. Okay. And then we all knew that we needed an extra striker for Mitro. The fans, the media, everybody. And me, in the meantime, we've not had a bloody director of football since September. Eight freaking months. Director of scouting, you mean? Yes. So yep. this is the, was this where my my thoughts have changed slightly, and that's an issue, Giannis. I'm glad that you yeah, brought it's up huge. Oh, it's huge. Pereira oh. leaving. I'm glad that you brought that up because we're going to talk about the fact that he has left and they did not replace him, and that to me is huge. Yeah, the, the tone of Shai Khan's program notes bothered me. Okay, there's something that was missing in that. I expected a little bit more consternation. I expected a little bit more fight. So here's where I'm going with this. Um, 
Every good organization has to have a vision. When Muhammad Al-Fayed took over Fulham, he said, my vision is to return Fulham to the Premier League. Yes. First time since the 60s. I'm going to create this fan base. We're going to look after the players. We're going to look after the fans. We're going to bring all the consternation of leaving the cottage and Fulham Park Rangers. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to, everything I do is going to be about the long-term viability of Fulham Football Club to be a club we can be proud of. Right. He broke that down into short, medium, and long-term goals. And part of that, of course, the beauty of goals is it's always going to be fluid. Right. And it meant changes of managers and, and personnel and what have you. Okay. But, um, and of course, even now in 2021, every club is having to change its goals because of COVID. I mean, in, if Inter Milan can turn around to its players and saying, we're, we're giving you all a two-month pay cut, even though you've just won Serie A for the first time in 11 years, then you know what we're doing. So as I've been thinking between the games, I, I suddenly had an aha moment. When I read Shade's notes, and going back to the start of the season when Tony did the unthinkable, and refer to us as a yo-yo club. Yeah. It suddenly dawned on me that Shade Khan doesn't have a vision for this club. He doesn't. Okay. He's the owner. And I'm not talking about building a bloody new stand. That's part of the goals. I understand that, talking- Giannis. And we're definitely going to talk about Shahid. And, and it's fair to bring it up now. Because, again, I don't hear enough talk about the owner. And I'm no. glad that we're talking about this because, again, it does go to talk about, Tony, what is the long-term vision? And I think you nailed it, my friend. There is no long-term. At least I don't there's see not- a long-term vision for Fulham Football Club. I don't see it. And I think there's that's there's part there. of the problem. It is a yo-yo club. Why do we have to be a yo-yo club? Why can't we have a Southampton way, a, a way that Brighton plays? You know, And, again, why can't we have a way? We don't have a way. We don't have no. a long-term direction that includes the academy to – you know, a way through the academy to get to the first team. We don't have it. We have a fantastic academy. And, again, the majority of the players don't go anywhere. The, the exceptions right now are Ryan Sassignon. That's the exception to the rule. So that's, that's where is about. the long-term vision? And I know we're talking about Tony, and we're going to talk about Shahid, but fair game right now to talk about it because you talked about the program notes. What is the long-term vision of Fulham Football Club? I don't see it. No, and you know what? We're not. My dad would turn in his. He's been gone five years. He'd be turning in his grave right now, because you, this some this um, we're not a bloody plaything. We're not a Lego. Okay, and I've been a supporter for nearly fifty years, and and this is of all the relegations and the stuff we've gone through. There was something about the Burnley game at the end that had an inevitability that I'd never felt before. But but mark my words, what Scotty said. In the in in the post game press interviews, I I think you really need to listen to it because what he said is what I'm basically saying. He's saying I don't see a vision. That when he talks about questions having to be asked and answered, he's talking about vision. Where is yeah. this club going? And that is why, if I honestly, if I was Scotty now, he's earned the capital to get another job. He will get another good job. If I were him, I'd walk. I get the hell out of there. And before anybody says, well, oh, we'll get Eddie out. What? Who are you going to get to work with this clown? Who are you going to get? Where are you going to get them from? 
Where, what, 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 the Belarus third division? You're not going to, anybody, anybody of, <laughs> of anybody that has, you know, um, that coaching capital and that reputation yep. will not want to work for somebody who's 5,000 miles away, who I'm sorry, and nine times yeah. to the Americans, a part of a North American culture where relegation never happens. You've got franchises like Jacksonville can be one and 15. Nobody yep. cares. But in Europe and with soccer, in Europe, it is different. It's absolutely and, and different. They don't, and so there has to there have to be massive questions asked at the time before you think about players and loans. Okay, the vision has to be set up, and I think that's on Shade. I, okay. I think he's, and it filters down to Tony. Why do you think he, Tony said Yo-Yo Club? You don't think for a moment the daddies mentioned that at some point? Okay, well. Be- that actually is a great transition. I was going to then go to talk about Scott, but let's talk about Shahid then. Because, again, I did another poll, guys, and, and this poll is very interesting. Max, I'll go to you. I want to get your thoughts on what Yash just shared because, again, we're talking about the lack of a long-term vision. I'm there with him. There is a lack of a long At least I don't see it. Giannis doesn't see it. I don't know if you see it because I certainly don't see it. So I'm asking the question to the phone supporters, and I put up a poll. Do you want new ownership? new ownership for Fulham. And again, I'm not saying that I do because I actually don't, but I'm challenging Mr. Khan to really assess what's going on at Fulham Football Club and look at all the faults and come up with a long-term vision. It starts with him. It actually does start with him. We could talk about Tony, but ultimately he is the owner of Fulham Football Club. What is his long-term vision for the club? I don't see it. I would love to see a long-term vision of Fulham Football Club. So, again, I'm going to start with you, Max. I want to get your thoughts on what Giannis just shared and just ask the question. I'm going to say right now, I don't want new ownership, but I want him to learn from these mistakes, and I don't want Fulham to be a yo-yo club. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think we need new ownership at all. And I said this last time we did a podcast, but it could really be a lot worse in terms of who's owning our club. I totally agree. We've seen the disasters of the, of the fit and proper Owner test in the football but, league. Go, but we go. really need him to learn from his mistakes, Max. I, I'm curious. What would, what would you consider Shahid Khan's mistake? I would say, you know, I would say that his mistake, and again, I will give him full credit because I've always said that I want an owner to spend money. He spent a lot of money. He's that's, invested very generously. And I don't think, I don't think we can stuff. just poo-poo the new stand away as, as we might want to. No. Like, that's a big deal for Fulham, no. for, for, in my opinion. And I think no. that's part of a vision to make us a world-class destination Yes, for for fans, tourists, et cetera, but yes, also that players. Is, that is, that is it, a long-term The, the cottage is lovely, but it, I think it did need a bit of modernization. I think this will look lovely, and I, I think that's a big step in the future of Fulham. I think okay. that's a vision. I do think that a big fault of Shahid Khan was – entrusting his son with director of football. I think that's the biggest, you know, mark against him. Okay. The other stuff though, I think he has learned many lessons. If you look at our first couple of seasons in the Prem on the Shahid Khan, it was three managers a season. And I'm not the biggest fan of Parker right now, but I think stability served us well this season in, in some respects. And the fact that not chopping and changing the manager yep. after three months at a time is, is a, is it a improvement for him now? Okay. I think his main role, Shahid Khan, is writing checks, and he's not necessarily so involved in the day to day. No, I've, CEO, I've said that. Matt I Kintosh, with, that's right. Tony Khan, but I don't think that's Shahid Khan's role as an owner. His owner, his role is to invest in the club, and he's done he that has very done that. generously. 
And I understand that. And and listen, these are fair points, Max. I see where you're going on it because I've said that time and time again that I want him to invest. But when you look at delegating his uh, power, I guess you could say, you can question right now the decision to have his son in charge of as director of football. That is a huge decision. And then you also have to ask when they all get together, because I'm sure that this is a group decision when they decide the vision of Fulham, what is the vision? Is it to be uh, in the Premier League, to be uh, in the top 10? What is the vision? Because I remember when we got promoted a couple seasons ago, it sounded like Shahid wanted us to be not just in the Premier League, but to be a player in the Premier League, to go up against the Liverpools. And uh, if that's his vision, okay. But that's but again, I think that is a, a extremely long-term goal, but you have to have steps to get to that point. And, you know, and again, I don't see them following a step to a long-term vision involving the the academy all the way up. You know, and we'll talk about the academy. Why is the academy such an afterthought? The under-18s are about to win, potentially win the league again. There's some good players there. Where is their steps to the first team? Where, where I think there's another Ryan Sessegnon down there. Are they going to have the opportunity to play with the first team? And that these are some of the questions that I ask. And, and again, I know what you're saying, that his job is to write the checks. He does do that. But I also think he overall, the buck stops with him. And that's, that's where I'm going in like, the decisions to put people in charge. That, that goes to him. Giannis, your thoughts on all of this? Tony would, be, would come sec, third in a two-horse race. There have been too many mistakes, too many mistakes made. And for me, you know, at the end of the day, we don't go to Craven Cottage to admire the linery. And the, I mean, we love Craven Cottage because it's the yep. cottage. But we go to cheer our team on. And this year's been, in many ways, embarrassing. And it started off at the start of the season because of the team we had out. And we all remember we started, we started with... with with Arsenal, and then Leeds, and then Villa, and then Palace. So six, seven games in, we're struggling with players. And then all of a sudden, these loanies come in. You've gone out, you've had 20% of a season. It's not like you didn't know. Your job is, if, and Russ, you're right. If, you, if, if he was a GM in any franchise, and I, and I live, my local thing is Toronto, the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, the Raptors, they'd have his ass fired. So what it comes down to in, is, is this is a business. And in business, you have to make the difficult decisions. And the big decision that needs to be made now is that Shahid needs to, if not fire Tony, to stroke his ego, put him in a, you know, another position within that, the organization. That is my suggestion. That is but my he can't, suggestion. He cannot, he, cannot, he cannot be part of this anymore. Because okay. as soon as you said Yo-Yo Club, I thought Norwich. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the analogy. It would be Norwich. Do you want to be Norwich? I don't want to be Norwich. Norwich are much better run than we are, to be fair. No, to be fair, fair yes. Absolutely. They don't have the history in the Premier League that we do. No, okay. an inter- Mind you, if you've ever been to Norwich, you can't do anything in there. But, I mean... How did God manage to put a city in the middle of 
fuck nowhere. But the thing that I do, I mean, Delia Smith's the owner there, but they they kept Daniel Farfa. Yep. They kept basically the the, the 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 chunk of their squad. They kept Bendia. Yep. That was a big one. Yep. Uh, obviously, Temu Puki. Um, but that also shows you the gulf between yep. the championship because you can see Watford to come back up. Bournemouth might do between the two divisions. Just one right. thing to say, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to play in the Premier League. But then, how are you going to do it? You need proper scouting. Domestic and international, not somebody who's putting on a. Is 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 that um, Nacho Libre? Right. I mean, really, we want, right. and we deserve that, and I think that's a lot we of the frustration of the fans. We absolutely deserve that, Giannis. And this goes back to listen. I truly want Shah Khan to be the owner, and I'll say that again. I think that he should be the owner of Fulham Football Club. But I'm just being honest. We should be mentioning. We should be asking the question. You know, do you want new ownership? Because, again, of the questions that you're saying, and my poll, and I want to give the results of the poll, do you want new ownership at Fulham Football Club? No is at 80%. So, so obviously, the fans want Shai Khan to be the owner, and I agree with them. We all agree with them. But the reason why I'm bringing up the question, Max, we already talked about Tony. Again, ultimately, the decision, you know, like this delegation – where is the director of scouting? How did they let that go for eight or nine months? That falls underneath Shad Khan. He's ultimately, you know, the decision maker on Fulham Football Club. I know, I know what you're saying. He signs the checks. How could he let that one go? That to me is is unforgivable to have this since September. That's agreed, also agreed. part of the story. Yeah. I think that's also, you know, Alistair McIntosh has to. We're going to talk about Alistair. In just a he doesn't get mentioned enough. As, as no, he's, no, know. we're going to talk Alistair. We're absolutely yeah. going to talk about it. Go ahead. But I think you're talking about scouting, which you guys mentioned was absent since, you know, the fall. Yes. That to me speaks volumes to why January was such a missed opportunity. We signed right. Nadja on deadline day. But if you look at what you're our rivals now, I mean, Newcastle got Willick. What a loan signing he's been. West Brom got Yakushlu, got that Dayan from from yep. you know, Turkey. These are excellent, excellent players. Got a got a bit of a dog in there. Yeah, um, it's our it's our, our it's my daughter's eight week old Basset Hound called Blue. Shut up! She the Basset Hound saying Tony out, Tony out. Yeah, he's like Tony um, out <laughs> in dog. But yeah, I think January is such a missed opportunity there. Because I agree, Max. Great point. We actually, you know, weren't that badly adrift in January. Right. And if we had gotten an extra striker, an attacking midfielder in those matches against Brighton, West Brom, to get to turn one point into three, it's a different story. And we just kind of sat around and got Maja last day of the season. They tried to get Josh we, King, but it could, didn't, we could have done so much more. It didn't work. Could have done so much more in that window. Yep. And it seemed very odd that we would, you know, put so much effort into getting players in, in deadline day back in, you know, October or se- September, whatever it was. Right. I think it was October, but then January comes around when we're actually in the mix and there's seemingly very little action. And I was left wondering why. And I think you guys have a pretty good theory. There's no director of scouting. You know, it's funny how that slipped my mind when Pereira left, they never replaced him. And you think about it. And like you said, a pivotal time where Fulham can take it to the next level. And, you know, and it was a missed opportunity. Yes. They brought in Maja. Yes. They missed out on Josh King, but what if there was, a director of scouting then that found someone earlier in the window that they were able to target and bring in who knows, you know, and, and again, nothing against Josh Maja. And I was for the move, 
but it was basically, you know, a last minute deal and they tried to get both. And I, I, I give him credit, but again, maybe if there was a director of scouting, he would have found someone else earlier that they could have really targeted. And instead they waited to the very last minute or I'm sorry, not that they waited, but they could only really get it at the very last minute. And they just tried everything that they could to get King. It didn't work. And then you look at other clubs and and they're making moves and it's working. And, you know, again, like I said, I think Shai Khan, you know, and again, I want him to be owner of Fulham Football Club. I just want him and uh, the people underneath him on the board to really assess and analyze everything that went wrong. Learn from your mistakes and fix them. Yes, Max, it's about signing the checks, but it's also making sure that the people underneath you, that you're delegating the power, know and all are on the same page and you have a vision. I agree with you with the Riverside stand. That's part of a long-term vision. But where is the vision? Like I said, I remember Shai Khan saying where he wanted Fulham Football Club. But there are so many steps that need to get to that long-term vision of being comfortable in the top 10 in the Premier League. You need to work at that. You need to have everyone on the same page all going towards that. And you have to have your academies being part of it. And I think the academy is not being used the way that it should be being used. Hugh Jennings has done a tremendous job. Why are we not seeing more players coming through? I'm asking the question. And as we look at the end of these four games, I want to see the youngsters play. I want to see Carvalho start. Why not? They have nothing to lose at this point. Anyways, uh, Max, final thoughts on Shai Khan and then over to you, Giannis, and then we're going to move on to Scott Parker. Final thoughts. Yeah, I think my position is is largely similar to that. I think he is a good owner for Fulham. There are mistakes he's made for sure, but to me, he's not the reason we went down. Definitely okay. not the main reason. He probably deserves a little bit of blame, but I think I remember we did a show when we assigned we percentages. I'd say by 10% on Shahid Khan, but okay. there are many other figures who I think have a bigger role in the day-to-day operations. <laughs> and let's not forget uh, the players themselves. I'm sure we got That's to right. that. But of course, of course. We had a poor team. The team was poor, very poor. The team was poor. The players didn't perform. And like, That was uh, one of the worst attacks, I think. I've, I, you know, I've been full, full I can't before. remember. I can't remember more anemic attacks. I'm sure you are. But like, let's go. I think nine... We scored nine goals at home in the entire yeah, season. Yeah. Nine goals. I would struggle to think of, of worse than that in terms of statistics. I'm sure you have I'm better sure, stories. Of I'm sure Giannis can do that. But come oh on. I mean, Burnley. Burnley Football Club yep. scored more goals at home at Cottage yep. in 2021 than we did. And, and they play turf more, if, if you guys are wondering. They don't Good point. All right, Giannis, before I go to you, because, uh, again, we will talk about Scott Parker in, in just a second. Before we do that, I definitely want, want to get your final thoughts on ownership, but I just remembered that we have to talk about this gentleman as well. Someone has to explain to me why we don't talk at all about Alistair McIntosh. He's the CEO here. Now, I understand that he's involved with other things with dealing with Fulham Football Club. I believe the Riverside stand is something that he's highly involved in. But Giannis, he's the CEO. Why aren't we discussing his job? Well, I think that might come into question because um, I don't know where I read – in the last 48 hours that when, when a team gets relegated, it doesn't just have an impact on the coach and the players. It has an impact on everybody. Yeah. Now, because of the parachute payments, we're guaranteed that nobody's going to be laid off. None of the background That's staff. Right. I read that in Park, which, is, Rutzler, yep. which is great. But it does have an impact. It, it, you know, it, it, um, 
the same way that it lifts an organization and the people in it, your most important resources are your human uh, when you get promoted. And um, I'm sure that if they have a post-mortem, which to me, I insist, has to start at the very top, you're and right. I'm sure, and I'm sure it's probably already started. Um, they've got to look at the roles and responsibilities of, of each of each of the you know the management and where right. things have gone right. There are going to be some you know like you know like Hugh Jennings and Steve Wigley who have done you know you really can't fault them for the work they've done with the kiddies. They've done a super job. Fantastic. Um, yeah, but it's the where the problem has come is really been has been with the first team, which of course is the priority. And what has gone wrong? And for that, you know, Shahi Khan is a billionaire, but it's not by accident. He's a businessman and a very good one. And he, it does reflect on the fact that he's the owner. Is It's bad business to have owned something that gains a bad reputation. It's I not agree, something yeah, you want hanging. So if, if he has the sort of pride that I'm hoping he's having, he will be stomping his feet and saying, right, I want a post-mortem moment. We have to get this right, because this is absolutely embarrassing. This is unacceptable. Our fans are pissed off. Yeah. Some of the players are pissed off. Um, we've built this spanking new stand, and yet no, pl- n- the club feels down figuratively as well as, you know, yep. metaphorically. So we have to sort this out. So Ali McIntosh is going to have to be part of that. Um, I agree. Heads are going to yeah. roll. Heads have to roll. I'm just saying, you know, listen, Alistair McIntosh has been involved with Fulham Football Club since, uh, I want to say, about 2007. I, think. I, I don't yeah, have the exact that. date. He's been with Fulham for a very long time before he was at Man- Manchester City, correct, Giannis? And, correct. you know, and to be honest with you, he's been involved in some very excellent moments with Fulham Football Club. And then, obviously, he is a part of the relegation and then promotion with the yo-yo club scenario that we're under. He's the CEO. Yep. Why are we not talking about him? Max, I'm curious your view on this. Again, you know, I think he gets left out of the conversation a lot, but he's the CEO. I think a big product of that is Tony Khan is just such a big scapegoat for many people that because he's so public with what he does with his Twitter account and with his statements and with his, you know, interviews with Fulham FC TV. He likes to take credit and he likes to be out in the open. And in my impression, McIntosh is someone who moves behind the scenes in more quiet manners in a way which might escape fan vitriol. But adding up, as we discussed, he probably deserves a lot more blame than people give him. Um, I think it's probably fair to say his role has been reduced since Tony Khan took over in terms of what he does do. When there's no director of football, I assume McIntosh had much more of a say over transfers and hiring, et cetera, and scouting. But now Tony Khan's there, I think. He's seen his role reduced, so maybe that's a factor of why. But I do think it, it deserves to be talked about more. And honestly, I'm not entirely clear on what McIntosh's role is. We hear a lot about how Tony Khan oversees all the transfers, has veto power, you know, both boxes checked, all that. I couldn't necessarily tell you guys right now exactly what McIntosh does. So that's a factor. It's not as public. But he deserves blame, as does you know every single one in the higher-up position at Fulham. Okay, excellent stuff there, Max. I muted myself. There's a Goldman. You know, I, I knew we knew we have one or two during the show, hey. but um, but no, good stuff there, Max. And you know, again, I wanted to bring up Alistair because not many people talk about him, and I'm thinking, why haven't we talked about him? And I think Max, you bring up a good point. I think he gets uh, shadowed a little bit because of all the vitriol. And again, I understand it with Tony Khan that you kind of forget that the actual CEO of Football Club 
is Alistair McIntosh. And, you know, he really get, gets um, deflected from that. But he shouldn't. He's he's part of this. They're all part of this as we started the show. There's a lot of blame to go around here, guys. Like like Max said, you know, that we should be looking at the players as well. But coming up next, we're going to have an in-depth conversation about Scott Parker and his future with Fulham Football Club. Okay, guys, let's get to it. And, um, Giannis, I'm going to start with you because on our last show, uh, it's no secret that Emilio and I said that we want Scott Parker to go. I'm not, I'm have more to say on that, but I want to give you your thought. I told you that I would let you share your thoughts on Scott Parker. We, we just didn't have enough time on the last show. So I want you to start us off. I'll share my thoughts and obviously get Max's thoughts on Scott Parker. I know that you feel that you want Scott Parker to stay. To be honest with you, Giannis, based on what I've been reading from Peter Rutzler, it sounds like he's going to stay, or at least the cons want him to stay. But like you said, will he stay? That is another question that we'll have to see. But before I read the results of the poll, your thoughts on Scott Parker. Do you want him to stay? If um, if the post-mortem from the season doesn't bring changes at the top, um, I think he should go. I think he should walk. Because if I was him, I'd be, I'd be saying this is a, a total shit show. This is a total shit show. Do I want Scott Parker gone if it's improved? No, I don't. Um, and there's a few reasons. Firstly, the, the notion that, you know, he's a new manager. Well, he came into a very difficult situation two years ago and we went on a decent little run. Managed to get us up. People say, well, we didn't come up top two. It doesn't matter if you get top two, three. We got to a second Wembley final in, you know, three years. Um. He's a Fulham, a Fulham player. He's a former Fulham captain. He's a former Fulham coach. Okay. He was in the Tottenham ranks and he came back. Um, he was served a really bad hand, really bad hand last season in terms of the signings. And I thought he was really served a bad hand this year as well. Not just in terms of how late players were signed, but also the need for a striker. And we got in Josh Madger. Um, I think he had done enough in the two years to earn the coaching and the social capital to keep his job. Um, I happen to like him um, and and just feel that he deserves to work with a, he doesn't deserve to work with a chimp. Okay. He deserves to work with a qualified director of football and have a director of scouting that can support his coaching staff to bring the very best out of the players and have the very best squad available. Now, the flip side is that there are elements of, of Scotty that that do worry me. I, I think he's. I still think he's too conservative. He's way um, too conservative. Yeah, he's conservative, and, and that really that really goes to my argument why I want to change. But go ahead, because again, I think this is something that we should talk about. I definitely want Max's thoughts. He's very conservative. And he and and I'm going to put up this graphic that that I want want to get your thoughts on, Giannis. I understand your view, but this is what concerns me, okay? And you know, and again, Parker plays not to lose instead of playing to win. How often do we see this? He wants to win one nil, and it's way too conservative, especially if you look at the that Burnley match. Why not give it a go, Giannis? He 
stays to his principles and just plays a conservative style of play. This is the main reason why I wanted to go out. I'm, I'm done with Parker Ball. So I want, want to talk a little bit about this, his conservative nature and just the way that he sets Fulham up. I think uh, I think part of it is because he doesn't fancy the players. Okay. I think he doesn't I don't I think he I mean there's been the battle with Mitro, right? Um, yeah, we're Mitro, gonna talk I, about that too. We're gonna talk you know, about I, I mean you could talk about well, you know, look at look at you know, Mitro scored seven thousand goals for Serbia, but playing in an international match can be very, very, very different to playing in the Premier League. We can face that. If Tony Khan has been, you know, Tony Khan and Javier Pereira, and we know nobody since September's been doing director of scouting. He's pro- he may well have a squad of players he just doesn't fancy. You know, he doesn't have a say of the signings. You know, he, he said that. But Do I we know that? Yeah, yeah, I don't. And I don't believe that he, but he does. And, you know, um, he's got a style that he wants. And it's sometimes tough to have faith in the players when you don't think they can do their job. And I think that's been the thing with Mitro. Mitro put weight on. Mitro's attitude slightly changed. You know, and people say, "Well, look what you did." But did he play to Mitro's strengths, Giannis? Because I don't think he did at all. Come but on. then you, but then you can answer: Do we have the players to do it? Lookman to me has, has turned out to be, for all his frills and skills, to be a selfish player who couldn't okay. cross. Who no, couldn't I agree cross with that. Properly. I agree with Lookman. I totally Cavallero, agree with Cavallero, people say about Cavallero, but but Cavallero can't cross a ball either. I mean, that's what yeah. sort of was funny because Knockhart got sent to Nottingham Forest and I thought Knockhart was about to cross a, a ball. Yeah, Take I totally agree with that. Isn't, that's not his style. I think a lot of it is he doesn't fancy the players. And I think that he, he should But yes, a- his style is his style. And that, you know, again, last season that was his style. Let's, let's be honest, Giannis. We were lucky to get back to the Premier League. And again, what were we talking about? Parker Ball. That has not changed, Giannis. He has learned from his mistakes. I will give him that. I think he's gotten better as a coach. But the way that he set Fulham up, again, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this, and I'm going to throw this right back to you. When you look at the Burnley match, I'm going to throw up the Man City match in 2007, the great escape. Second half, you're down. What does what does Fulham do in that match? They take, take it by the scruff of the neck. They score three goals. And they had leaders on the pitch, and they were aggressive in that second half. And it worked, and it worked. And, and again, it was a Roy – when Roy Hodgson wants to be aggressive, he can be aggressive. I've not seen Scott Parker be aggressive, Giannis. I saw a team that played in the image of their manager that, again, looked like they were too afraid to make a mistake instead of going out to win to take risks. And, you know, I'm just done with Parker ball. I think the difference between um, Roy Hodgson and, and Scotty Parker is that Roy Hodgson had faith in his players. He absolutely had faith. And he had, I, no, I will he had, say that. But he did have, and he did have the players in that squad where he could say, go, go out and play. Because if you look at some of the players. that. So you're putting you this at, back on the players more than Parker. I'm, I'm with Giannis. I had to be with Giannis. Yeah. I mean, the, the, because, I mean, to, to be, look, um, you can't make a chicken salad out of chicken shit. Okay. I mean, you know, and, and you know what? I think he's done enough in two years. And I'm not, I'm not going to be completely free on this. Okay. Yeah, but if you have a director of football scouting come in, a director of football, and you bring some players in, and he's still – because don't forget, 
Scotty Parker's going to go away from this experience. Nobody's going to be more down to in the dumps. To be honest, you're now. telling me that Parker got the most out of these players and they were just all crap? Is that what you're telling me? Because no, I'm I not, don't buy that. No, I'm not. No, not. Because there were some of the, the loanies that did, did do well. But some of these players really, really underperformed. And, like, classic case in point, the first goal against Burnley on Monday night. Yes. We've all been lauding Joachim Anderson all year long. You go onto social media, it's like, what was Dacre Dover Reed doing? What was he doing dribbling at three players? From where he lost the ball, how on earth did we concede a goal from there? How did we concede the goal? Because the ball went over to Vidra, and you're thinking yep. it's Vidra against Anderson, the guy we've been lording over, who's had a very good season, and he yep. made him look like a chump. He made him look like a chump. And, okay. and, that's, and that really, to me, summed it up. So many of the goals were so simple. We won't, People forget that run we went on. Away to Leicester, away to Everton. Away to Liverpool, the home game against Liverpool, the away against Tottenham, the right. away against Arsenal. There were a lot of re- really, really good performances. But we had nobody to score the bloody goals. We had nobody. You had an overweight Serbian who was stropping. Right? Fairly, but frankly, he might as well have been Mario Balotelli. But, but, but Giannis, I mean, did he ever have the service? Did he ever have the service? Come on, let's be That's honest. The players, never Ross. You're not listening to Giannis if you're going to talk about the service. There's not one single elite cross for the ball in this None. team. Mitrovic thrives off crosses. I've not seen one high-quality cross in the past you know, four months in this Fulham team. You look at the team we started against, Burnley, right? The front yep. four. Cavalero, Dekadova-Reed, Lookman, Mitrovic, right? And you might say on paper, Lookman and Mitrovic might be Premier League players. Yes. Cavalero, Dekadova-Reed, absolutely not Premier League players. They are absolutely has, not. What, I three, agree with you on goals. that. Mitrovic has three goals all but season. But why are they playing, Max? But why, but why are they playing? Because they're in the circle of trust. Who else is there? It's a joke. The it's a joke of an attack. It's okay. a disgrace. They're in the back of Stryker's Magic, who's barely played in the Premier League until we, was, we had a game his Premier League debut. Josh Madja, there's no tools in the scene to be an elite attacking force. And I was a Parker supporter. I think what's not talked about enough is what he did with that defense. That's an incredible feat. We were That's, shipping goals for no, fun I, in listen, 13, 14. Listen, I oh, agree with the, that. The players are terrible in attack. And okay. Parker perhaps might have been too conservative. I agree with you, with you on that. But there's only very little you can do when you're starting Ivan Cavallero in 75% of your matches. In fine, the top flight. fine, Max. A but team his style match, was his style, Max. There's a reason why we call Parker Ball. But I, Parker I think, Ball is going to return. Have, are you, are you think, good with Parker Ball? I think Giannis had the most excellent point in the sense that you get a conservative playing system when a manager doesn't back his attacking players, when he knows where the squad's strengths are. So you're telling me the that last season he didn't back his players? Different, well, I mean, we, we got promoted. I, I don't know what yeah, you can do. No, what I'm saying is that he still played conservative. He still played conservative last season. That we had like 60% average possession last season. It was a very different. I only can compare the tactics when we were one of the better teams in the championship to one of the third worst team in the Prem. We dominated matches. It wasn't easy on the eye, but we got teams worn down and scored late goals due to the possession tactics. Was it the most pretty thing I've ever seen? No, it wasn't. Did it get us promoted? Yes. This season, I think it's different. I think there have been times when we should have taken the match by the scruff of the neck. We should have started Mitra and Magic together. We should have played, I guess, with more urgency on the front foot. But the fact that matters. That's my is, point. We, I think we had the Where's the worst urgency, Max? Where's well, the urgency? I just don't think we have the players to do it. I, listen, I love Lookman. The guy's no okay. final product. I okay, love Stephen of a Reed. He's not listen, a friendly player. Listen, I, don't love I think that you should He's be terrible. putting blame on the players. I agree with all that. Mitrovic, Mitrovic looked like shadow of his former self. And let's be clear the guy had COVID. 
Everyone knows what Kobe can do yeah. as a professional athlete. Also, he was seen out partying. Giannis said he's overweight. I don't know if that's true, but he clearly wasn't the same Mitch Rich we've come to love. A lot of players were not on their game. And when you really only have one recognized striker for the first half of the season, and Parker was forced to play Cavalier as a false nine, he doesn't have the tools to play in an attacking manner. Also, I think we need to, we need to remember this. There's no creative midfielder. There's no one picking the passes. Loftus Cheek. Well, they missed Tom Kearney. We'll, we'll be and the we first to, to admit they, they missed Kearney. Okay? But we had Kearney for the first half of the season. I'm not going to go completely on that style. Kearney is decent. He's not the guy who would have kept this up. We didn't have okay. a true number 10. We still don't have that. He wasn't given the tools to succeed. Come on. Let's be honest. And the t- and Parker, you know what? Parker Guys. wasn't amazing, but the players let him down. And I'd say let him down okay. in a tactical okay. sense. To a huge okay, so nine point. goals at home is all on the players and nothing to do with Parker. Come on. Max, Russ, come on. Russ, I, Russ, I think you're going to share, you should share the blame, but I think there's a big reason is that we didn't really have a goal score. And I, when you have a top score with five goals, that's only so much you can blame on the oh, manager. Man. We don't I'm, have goal scorers. Right. Russ, you, yeah, it's, if you look okay, at... Go, um, go ahead, Giannis. If you, I mean, you look at... Uh, we, several weeks ago, we were looking at shit castle and thinking, <laughs> right, we're going to catch we're going to catch them up. But guess yeah. what? Callum Wilson. And oh, Alan, yeah. Alan, Alan and San Maximin. I mean, they've Joe, Joe Willick. Their squad Willick, yeah. is legitimately better yeah. than us. Joe Linton has scored more goals see, than Mitrovic. That's, that's I'm not sure. See, about see, I'm gonna, this many. He scored three. Joe Linton's a joke. See, see, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this comment, and David actually put some stats on the uh, Cottage Talk Facebook page. I'll just just mention this one. He's Kit Simons in a fancy coat. The one the one comment on that that's actually a good one, David. Is oh, this. Simmons got us promoted. He's, I must he have is, that one. He is great with sound bites. He's great with the media. And I think that, again, I think that he, that clouds our minds is that he's so good talking to the media that I think we give him a little bit of a pass. The media don't push him, guys. And I think you're going to agree with me on that. The media give him a free pass, except for Peter Rutzler, who really keeps him accountable. The media itself is like, so how you feeling, Scotty? How you feeling? <laughs> how how you doing after that match? Come on, ask him the tough questions like this one. Why didn't you – approach it the way that you did in the second half and the first half. That's what I would ask, Parker. But, but Ross, I think the key thing is we approach it that way in the second half, and I was happy. We were all happy. But it was reactive, we Max. Were never Why couldn't score be proactive? A goal? There are no Why goals they proactive? In this team. We could have started the match that way. wouldn't have scored a goal. You have to understand there's a severe, severe, severe lack of quality. And it's very similar to what happened in 2018-19 when we were playing Tim Ream, Dennis yep. Adoy, Joe Bryan, Cyrus Christie across that back four. We okay. realized then that those players don't have what it takes to play in the Premier League week in, week out. And the same can be said for Cavalero, for Decadova Reed, for Loftus Cheek, for Mitrovic, for okay. Magic, for Lookman. All those attacking players I mentioned are okay. not of the top quality to succeed in the best domestic league in the world and score goals against great defenses. The Premier League okay. is great defenses. They can't unlock those defenses. Just the same thing as Cyrus Christie couldn't manage a top-class winger they, they can't do it and at some point a manager can only do so much when given players who aren't i mean let's be clear Decadova, reed cavalier they weren't even nailed on starters in the championship last no season. they were not and now no, they're they asked not. to shoulder the entire burden of keeping a team in the prem that is not on the manager that's on tony khan that's perhaps on mcintosh Khan, etc but okay. you can blame parker for some things you cannot blame him for, i think for the lack of goal scores but you can blame him for his decisions on who he starts because he has this, I'll call it his circle of trust, Max. Wait, Ross, let me, ask Ross let me ask you this. Let, let's say you're the manager, right, for a yep. must-win match. Who do you start in this Fulham team that would give you that kind of urgency or front foot? Like, I just don't know who it is that gives us different results than what we got. 
Well, I'd be pointing out Amal Wookman, and I know what you're saying. He he is more of a player that is is not as <laughs> as much of a team player. I, I I will go there with you. I wouldn't be starting Cavalero as much as he's starting Cavalero. Cavalero seems to start almost every match, and I think that's insanity. Okay, who you, but who do you put in? Like, it's not like Cavalero starting over Lookman. They're playing together. I understand that. I you know, understand but like, that. You look at the bench, Russ. Yeah, I who's, who's the bench against Burnley? We had Maja, we had Loftus Cheek, and we had Carvalho. In the attacking sense, you can maybe say, Alba. "Right, come right. on." No, it's a bad team. Well, it is a bad team. It's a very, it's, very good championship. It is a bad I mean, team. It's not a Premier League. I'm not, I, listen, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I do want. I do want to mention the poll, and uh, this is on on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. Do, um, and again, do you want Scott Parker sacked? And guys, I had 289 votes. No was at 64 percent, and yes was at 36 percent. So the majority of the fans agree with you guys. Uh, this is just. Guys, this is just how I feel. I think I've had enough. I want the clean house. That's where I'm going, Max. I want them the clean house. I want them to start over. I want a new manager. I want a new director of football. I want a new vision. And I just see with Scott Parker, you know, and again, we're going to go back to the championship and we're going to dominate the ball like you guys are talking about. But again, it's going to be back to Parker ball. And, you know, and I guess I'm done with Parker ball. I'm the, but, but to your point, Max, you are right. You do have to put a good portion of the blame on the players. But, guys, let's switch and, and talk about a little little situation off of this because, again, Peter Rutzler mentioned this in his very interesting article on The Athletic. I would highly recommend you guys reading this. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching, if you haven't re- read it, please read Peter because, because this, to me, is something very interesting that we need to talk about now. So, basically, Peter put in his article that if – Parker stays, likely Mitro will go, okay? And I want to mention this because, again, I listened to the Fofcast a great deal. They were the first ones that I can remember bringing up, and I want to give credit to Jerry Pym. And then, of course, Mike Gregg, Scott Tanfield, and Owen Smith. Mike actually did a poll, but Jerry brought up the topic. If if Parker stays, Mitro might go. That was basically the topic. So I'm going to go to you, Max. Which one would you rather have, Mitro or Parker? It's a good, it's a good question. I've been it thinking is a good about question. it a bunch. The Mitrich we saw this season was not his best. It was not even close to his best. I'd say he was probably at thirty five percent. Yes, he wasn't given a lot of game time, but when he was, he wasn't excellent. That being said, it, it is a Premier League. He will be much better in the Championship. And I don't know. The question is, can we count on Mitrich to play the way he did in two thousand nineteen twenty when he got what twenty five goals? I don't know if he has that. Also, let's say that Mitrovic stays. We got a new manager. Yep. I'm not so sure if Mitrovic is going to be motivated. Yes, there might be a new manager in here, but he might say, this club disrespected me. This right. club, I gave everything to this club. And when we finally get to the top flight, the manager benches me. The, the higher-ups maybe don't back me as much. I'm not so sure a change of manager would solve Mitrovic's attitude problems. For well, that reason, so that I, you would I, stick I'd with say, Parker. Because obviously, you, 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 you want to stick can, with Parker anyways. I think that... We need perhaps more mobile striker, a more a striker who can play in the Premier League. But he's I a proven striker in the Championship, Max. We know this. He's he's aging, and I think his attitude is completely nosedived. I love Alexander Mitrich, I really do. But what we saw from this season, I think, was the beginning of the end, and we I, might have to I move on. Man, and I, I disagree. I that's disagree. okay. That's okay. I mean, it's it's no. A I disagree. And 
And this is a striker that got us up from the championship. Let's remember this. No, and I he know. scored goals on a terrible team in the Premier League. Yes, he did not play well. He scored three um, goals. You know, he scored two I, goals I, against I Leeds. And then what? What was the other one? Um, he scored one goal recently against okay. Villa oh, after all, after a Ming's mistake. Okay, but we know three goals. History 30, says he, I mean, he is a beast a in the championship. I want Mitro. If I'm choosing, I'm choosing Mitro. Over to you, Giannis. Your thoughts. If you had to choose, Parker or Mitro? Parker. Interesting. Parker. Really? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you would because take you, the money. You would take. Then you would go down the route. You take the money yeah. and you invest in a in a different yeah. striker. Yeah, because I want players that want to play. I want players that want to be there. I want to Are you that convinced that he doesn't want to play? I think a part, yeah. He's, I, th- I think his attitude changed. His attitude changed, and to me, um, I think. But do you tip of- do you think this has to do with Parker? Or do you just or do you just think it has to do with the situation of uh, his season? Why do you think he has changed? I, th- I think it could be a number of factors. I mean, they, they might be, you know, as Max said, it, it was the COVID thing. There might be issues at home. I think if it's a, re- a relationship piece between Parker and Mitro, I think it's something where, um, you know, there's no such thing as an ir- irretrievable or irreconcilable uh, relationship where Scotty might sit down with Mitro and say, look, um, this wasn't the best year. I think we've both made mistakes. Uh, the optics aren't great. Why don't we do a reset? And if Mitro is up for that, because he's going to make the Serbian national yep. team, he's only 26, doesn't yep. really matter, he'll score goals for fun. It might come to an arrangement where, you know what, he could turn and say, okay, yeah, let's reset it. But then Mitro might say, look, I want someone to play up front with. I want better wing. I want better wingers. Tony Khan spent $11 million on Cavallero, $15 million on Knockout, $30 million on Seri, $25 million on Anguisa. Anguisa is I mean, all these, those four signings, are enough for decent corporal punishment. Absolutely ridiculous. This, and, and had the signings gone right, we wouldn't be in the situation where we're getting Loney, Tony, Zoni, where we've got Joachim Anderson, who we take on a loan without an option to buy. And then Tony, after saying that we're a yo-yo club, go, oh, yeah, but I'm not in the business of, of developing other people's players. When we're yep. talking about but then you pick up Loftus Cheek, who turns out to be as mobile as you a and I talked wood. about this. You and yeah. I talked about the loan situation, Giannis. We talked about this. Yes, I, I get it's, that. It's not irrecon. I mean, I don't think it's irreconcilable. I would, if you if you're putting a gun on my head, I would yep. say Parker, okay. because if the changes at the top I'm are going done properly, okay. Well, if the changes done properly at the top, we'll have a director of scouting, we'll have a new director of football, and, yep. and that can build upon the vision where Scotty, as a young coach, look, if he's being talked about as a potential Tottenham manager, he, there must be there are clubs where they'll go, oh, you know what? I understand, Giannis, but yeah, but a leopard doesn't change his spots. This is who he is. He's conservative in nature. That's not going to change, Giannis. I think it. I think it will because he's a young coach. Okay, I think Mourinho and people don't. Wait a minute, people don't. If they if we talk about Parker Ball and complain about Parker Ball, right? How, tell me how Palace are any different? Much Be- better players. Well, they yes, have better they, they have better players. But I will say this, and you will agree with me, Giannis. With Roy's time at Fulham, there were times where he was very conservative on the road. But when he was at Craven Cottage, Fulham played on the front foot against the big teams. They did. He's could be, but his teams, despite all the talent they've got. They've become boring. Mourinho. How did Mourinho, how did Mourinho build his reputation? Oh. Defensively. I, 
I agree with that. Listen, but he changed. But he evolved. Like good okay. Coaches, but good okay. cultures do evolve, and I think that Parker is going to have to do it okay. as a mentor, self-reflected into the season. Okay. What did you do well? Do what okay. sucked? What next? Okay. Let me let me ask the forum supporters this again. If you're watching live, I'm asking all of you the question. Please uh, just uh, feel free to share your thoughts, Parker or Mitro, if you have to choose, and I will share. The comments, if you guys send Parker or Mitro. As we're talking about Parker, guys, and this is something I was, I was talking to another phone supporter today. When you look at his coaching staff, yes, there's Stuart Gray there, Giannis and Max, when we're talking about him, but does he have someone that has different ideas than him? Meaning that Matt Wells is coming from the same system. Does he need someone else, as I, like you would say, Giannis, as a mentor? Does he need someone like Roy as a a different style, you know, and again, I can't stand Steve Bruce. What I'm about to say, I want to give Newcastle some credit here. They brought in a new coach to help out Steve Bruce in midseason. They changed their style. Does Parker need someone to have a dissenting voice to say, hey, listen, look at it this way? Is he missing that voice to tell him to, to bounce ideas off of? Nothing against Matt Wells, but but it's but I have a feeling, and again, we don't know this, that they're coming from the same system. Does he need someone from outside to to give him some advice, Giannis? And then I'll go to you, Max. Does I he need he, a, another yeah. coach or an advisor? I think you're onto something there, but I think if it, if he's going to get another coach into the staff or an advisor, it needs to be somebody a lot more experienced. I think that's you know you need um, you need that critical colleague. That says, Scotty, eh. and and I think that's and that's part of good development as a coach is that you know having somebody who comes out and uses and I I, I will tell you, um, yep. and I, I will the importance of, that I value is in my do, 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 my second year as a head coach as a yep. coach, um, the an Englishman George, uh, who coached he coached the boys a year older came yep. to watch one of my games, and at the end of the game. He came over from the, you know, the, the support stand, and uh, he said, "Let's go for a coffee." Right, for coffee. And he said, um, first thing he said to me is, "What the f are you doing?" I said, "What?" He said, "You you look and appear like a coach that's standing at the terraces at Craven College. You need to change the way you look at things. You need to ch- look change the way you look at formations. You need to change your approach to uh, game management. You need to look at the certain players. You need to establish a style." And how you and, but you have to be fluid enough to recognize when things go wrong. Coaching is an evolving and revolving door, and you have to be right. prepared for that. Now that was year two of twenty-seven, and George was—I never forgot that. And he became for a number of years till he passed away my critical friend. Right, and that's probably what Scotty needs. If Scotty, right, um, who could somebody will say, eh, "Come on," right, and. You know, that's why I want to bring it, bring this up. And, and, uh, I see Ben's comments. I'm going to share Ben's comment because again, I, I, I know Stuart Gray's past. You know, he managed both Southampton and Sheffield and Sheffield Wednesday. And, uh, I think he's been a great coach. But the reason why I'm saying a different voice is that he's been with Parker for a while, Max. Does he need someone from the outside that's a different voice to bounce ideas off of your thoughts? Because you want Parker. Should he bring in another coach or an advisor to help him like Steve Bruce did? Sure. I mean, yeah, the, the more people in that, you know, managing staff who have more experience, the better. Um, I think it's odd. Normally when you have a new manager, people might associate that with, you know, naivety, 
you know, too open, too attacking. But, you know, with Parker, it's the opposite. People yep. criticize him for being too conservative. I really, I think he's a young manager and he will evolve. We're buying into Parker. You guys want to talk about a long-term vision. Yep. I think the vision here is you trust Scott Parker to to lead this team to success. That's what Shahid Khan has done. I just, I, I hated the way yep. we operated for the past couple of years when a manager would be sacked in a matter of, you know, four or five months. And it just but left me two to- and a half years, Max. But this is a good amount of time. This, this is a good sample size we have now. This isn't like chopping and changing. We have but some time now. I, I just like would like to stick. To stick okay. with him. Give him that year in the championship. And if it's not working out, fine, you can sack him. But I really think if you want to be a sustainable club, I think sticking with a manager is, is the way to go. And that's what, you know, attracts a, a core group of players who know the manager, who yep. back a style. I think the style needs changes. I think the substitutions need changes. It's clear he's waited too long at the matches to make to make subs. As you said, reactive, not proactive. Yep. I don't love the starting 11 sometimes. He's not the perfect manager. He's not. But to be fair, I don't know what but other manager would come in under Tony Khan. Do proactive, Max? Do you think all of a sudden he's going to change? And wow, now I'm going to be more proactive. I would like to think so. Like, like I don't see said, Scott Parker but- as as stubborn as a manager as some make him out to be. If you look what happened of okay. just the course of this season, he changed from, you know, being perhaps a four three three to doing that back five to then going with that back four. I think he's a manager. But who it sees, still had those conservative principles. Those conservative but, principles but are it, still there. <clears throat> I think it shows he's open to change. And okay. again, he's he's learning his craft. Yes, he's not you know the most experienced, but I do think okay. with time he will get better. Okay. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to share some comments, and if you're watching live, feel free to continue to share some comments because I'm asking you guys, if you have to choose, is it Mitro or is it Parker? Feel free to keep them coming because I I have a few of them, so I just wanted to see if I can catch up to them. Of course, now I can't find them, guys. Of course, I go through this. Now I can't find the comments. Fantastic. Let's see. Let's start here. Parker, we can get a good 20 Mill for Mitrovic, this could be a good investment. Okay, let's see. Let's see what else we have. I, I had a bunch of them. Now I can't find them. Great. Oh, here we go. Our friend James Dowden, Mitro 100%. Constantino says Mitro. David Zodiac says Mitro any day of the week. And I understand that. Let's see. Here's one. And again, this is where I'm going, guys. Mitro in the championship is on fire. But Max, do you think he's going to be different now because he's older? So people have pointed out he's 26. That's a fair point. I wasn't trying to say he's like <clears throat> over the moon, but I think what Giannis brought up was, was Kia. He's not he's not the slim, you know, uh, imposing striker he was. I think he looks slow. I think he looks unmotivated. And I just don't think there's a guarantee that once, you know, even if we change managers, he's going to be 100% full of them. I think he'll leave this summer. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm going to share a couple more comments. Mitro, I'll, Parker will get us back up with or without Mitro. Okay, so that's an interesting one. I'm going to share this one. Parker's really a student. We need a teacher. We've had many in the past. Why not now? Parker was a newbie. Okay, so those are some of the comments, guys. So very, very interesting stuff. And uh, guys, this is this is how I, I want to finish up the show. I, and I really enjoyed this. Let's t- let's continue the the discussion about Parker in this way. Okay, and Giannis, I'll I'll go to you because again. I wanted to end really focusing on Scott Parker. And I remember Scott Parker as a player, and I heard whispers on this. And I'm hearing whispers again. I've had people whisper to me that Scott Parker basically, if you're in with him, you're in. I'm talking about a player. 
it's basically, I'm going to call it Scott Parker's circle of trust. If you get outside that circle of trust, you're not playing. And uh, you have to be in that circle. So what concerns me, Giannis, is that this circle, which I truly believe includes some of the players that you guys really don't like, like Bobby Decatover Reed. Oh, I, who, I like him. Oh, no, no. Okay, oh, I'm no, sorry. No. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. not a fan I'm, of his. No. I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry. You I'm are. Either. Sorry. Sorry. You know, or might not <laughs> sorry, be man. Premier League quality. I, you know, I happen to like Bobby Decatover Reed, but obviously Cavallaro is part of that that circle of trust. And he has a circle of trust that he trusts. But it does feel like to me, if you're not in that circle of trust, you might not play. I don't think me, I think Mitro's outside of the circle of trust. So over to you, Max, what are your thoughts about this? Because again, I've heard whispers that there is this, this circle here, the players that, you know, again, that he's for, and then there are players that might've been shipped out because potentially, didn't fit into what Parker wanted to do. So your thoughts of having like... Come on, Russ. That, that, every single manager has players he trusts and player he doesn't trust you. Okay. Are you trying to make this out just to be a Scott Parker thing? I mean, no. Norman Slavisi Akanovich would purposely bench players because he thought they were Tony Khan players. Okay. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. So so, so you still see him, and, and, I'll, and I'll ask you this. Do you see him as a unifier, building a team, or like I said, a small circle... Being a divider, you see him as a unifier because this team a, didn't I, play as a team. Okay, Did let's, they? Russ, let's let's just be very clear. Let's think back to the podcast we did after the Liverpool away match on yep. the sixth or seventh of March. Okay, that's yes. what three months, two months, yeah. two months ago. Were we say, were you saying Scott Parker was a divider? We were saying no. Scott Parker. Had, we were saying that team fought like warriors. That team sacrificed for the manager. We did. I know the season changes, and I know moods as fans can switch very quickly. But I don't want to get into this narrative that Scott Parker is some kind of evil figure who's casting I'm players not aside. That he is. I, I think I'm he's actually a very that. effective man motivator. Okay. I think he got a lot out of this team. If you look at the battling performances, I mean, even the Arsenal match, we were so close. The Leicester City okay. match, Everton match. He is capable, I think, of unifying okay. the team. But. Yes, he's had drawbacks, and I'm not going to say Scott Parker is perfect, but I, I don't like where this is going when, when you're saying that he cast players away because we were on the same podcast two months ago saying, oh, what a great performance, and they fought for Scott Parker. We did. We did. Fair point. Fair point there, Max. We did say that, but evidence then shifts to one point since then, since that Liverpool match, one point. So you have to ask yourself, and I'm just asking the question, is there – a unified team there, or does it go back to what you said? They just the players just not good enough. That it's more to do with the players than than Parker. So you I, don't I, think? Yeah, I think there was obviously a massive drop off after Liverpool. Could not agree more, and it was not good enough from Parker and the players. Right. I, I wouldn't put that down to him being the divider. I'd put that down okay. to again squad not being good enough, fatigue, you know, lack of mentality, final okay. ten minutes, all these things. David Zodiac has a good question, which I want to address in the comments. He said, okay. the question for the Parker in crowd: How many matches do you give Parker next season if we're struggling?" It's a good question. I would say give it to the halfway point of the season. If it's a festive period and let's say we're we're in a relegation fight, of course sack him. But I think okay. if, if we're if we're in the playoffs or in about that discussion, I'd say give it to Parker till the end of the season because we know how quickly things can change in the championship. But yeah, of course, if you start off next season like Magat did in yep. 2014, 15, yeah, by all means give him the sack. But okay. I, personally, I don't see that happening. But if it does. I'd be the first to say it's not working. Get him out, but okay. give it to the festive period at least. Okay. Giannis, over to you, you know, and again, I was just thinking about this and I was just thinking that, that again, he has his 
I feel his his loyal core group of players, and that you know. But Max brings up a good point: Is any manager any different that they have their their favorites? I guess you could say. And then if you're not, you could be on the out. So I I, I see where Max is going on that. But thoughts on on is he a unifier or a divider? And then also this question from David: How long would you give it? Well, I think I think I think he's a unifier. I mean, it, we went on that run, and you could see there were running their tails off. And even in the second half against Burnley on Monday, I mean, you could say they were, the boys were giving it everything they had. Um, and it just, and it, and it came up short. Um, every coach has had their little favourites. Um, but again, I, I'd look to, um, if you put, Max said it earlier about our bench against Burnley. We had sweet, F all on the bench. Yeah. What, I mean, what the hell have you, we had, I mean, the players that we shipped off, Cabana was a little bit of a, a question mark. But my understanding was he wanted to get playing time. I'm good with that. Kamara is a lunatic. Who was a lunatic? I mean, we can all agree on this. And he got himself yeah. sent off second game. He's coming back. Yeah, well, he's, and hopefully we ship him off. Okay. Um, Knockhart, I didn't think, Knockhart offensively did little last year, but I thought yep. he did actually decent as a wing back in terms yep. of defensive. I thought he improved. But again, who made those decisions? You kept looking. It wasn't just... Week after week, you looked at the bench and went, "Oh shit, got no strikers." And we and teams sussed it out because they thought, "Well, they're going to Fulham could score a goal, but are they going to score two? Yeah. And even the and I think what typified that was the Arsenal one, the Arsenal right. game. We, I thought we looked very comfortable, but then there's seven minutes of it, and you thought, "Oh, we're never going to get a second goal on this. We're not going right. to. We know what's going. We, we know the script." Yep. You know, before it's been written. And okay. there were so many... I mean, you've got to remember, we were in so many situations where it got blown. I mean, you know, the the Arsenal last minute, the Wolves um, yep. draw, we're up, against, we're up against Villa. You know, it's not like we weren't in situations to sure. catch up. We were close enough. Um, but as I said, I think Scott has built the capital, but yep. the changes have to, 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 to think um, um, above. I think that... Yep. Um, I mean, honestly, on it, okay. Honestly, if the best person I could put on the right wing is Cavallero as a coach, yep. I'm going, oh, shit. Okay. We do do. No, we really listen, do. that's and a it's fair lack point. Of quality. And Max lack of said quality. that, too. Max lack said that, too. It's a, fair, it's, yeah. a, it's a fair criticism that goes back to Tony. That's why there's a lot of blame to go around. So great stuff, guys. But we do have to wrap this up. We've gone a very long time. I want to thank. Giannis and Max for doing this show with me. Before we go, I have to ask Max one question. Do you feel better now that we've done this show, Max? I, <laughs> no, I do. I, 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 do. I, I do. I think another thing, I want to give a shout out to all the fans in the comments. We've had just a comments and people have been sharing their opinions and we've been sharing ours, but even though we're not agreeing on all everything, I'm just glad we have this uh, film community to be here. And as we'll say, we'll be here in the championship next season. We're not going anywhere. Nope. Uh, the steam isn't going anywhere, and there'll be more shows to come, which is the good news. And hopefully, <laughs> we'll win more games than we lose next season. Yep. Well, listen, I have missed doing the show with you and Giannis, and, and uh, it's been wonderful doing it with the two of you. Giannis, your thoughts on the show? Do you feel better doing it? Yeah, and you know what? Even after Monday night's game, I mean, whether you were upset, angry, sad, felt betrayed, pissed off, effed off, Everybody, every Fulham fan would have felt some sort of emotion and it wasn't positive. Yeah. So the good thing about doing a show like this is that it, it, it can bring some closure 
and it brings some therapy as well. And I think we're all in agreement that things, decisions need to be made. Yep. I mean, we can differ as to who should be, who, Tony Khan, should be kicked into the River, river Thames, but <laughs> but we know the decisions need to be made. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's exciting in a way because we're, we're, we're sort of, you know, um, this is the week the championship squads are releasing the squads, yep. uh, the players who aren't going to make it for next year. Right. So we've got three games to come. Yep. And... Oh, God, we've got Southampton Saturday. That right. should be fun. But we've got three games to come. Yep. Decisions are already been made. And if good things happen, then next year we'll be ready yep. and uh, it'll be a good thing. Yep. And I'm just hoping that um, – that um, I'm really hoping, I'm praying that Scotty on Saturday – I know I put this in Facebook. Unless, yep. unless you've got an inside track on a permanent deal, an acquisition, yep. I'm really hoping that he gives some time – Yes to the Reams, yes to the Hectors, yes to the Adoys who've sat on the bench okay. all season. Give them a couple of games at the end of okay. the year. It doesn't mean anything. Just let them play. Okay. That's Good what I want. Stuff. Good stuff, yes. My final thoughts, and, and again, we're talking about doing the show. And uh, what's interesting about this is that we do Cottage Talk, and there are some other really great outlets for podcasts, Fulmish, Full and Focus, the Fofcast. There's some great shows out there. And I think we're all needed. And we all do it a little bit differently. And I think we all benefit from it. The reason I'm saying this is because when I started College Talk, there was barely any talk on Fulham. If it was in the media, on Sky Sports, it was very little. Nothing has really changed, guys. The talk on Fulham is usually you know, very controversial. It's It tends to be more negative. It doesn't seem to be more like with the critical analysis that us and the other podcasts do, we really dive deep into it. We all benefit from all of these podcasts. So if, if you're listening to Kodashak, I highly recommend you also watching or listening, whether they're actually in the case of all these shows, uh, well, Fulmish does, does do uh, a YouTube video. So I would highly recommend watching it and listening to their show. And then, like I mentioned, Fulm Focus and of course the Fofcast with our friends at the Fofcast. Check them out. Because if you're looking at through the media, you're not going to get what you want. We're going to give it to you. The podcast that cover Fulham Football Club. That's how I want to end the show. Anyways, let's wrap this up. For Giannis Janais and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.